Just a quick heads up, this show contains sensitive and graphic material that might not be for everyone. If you don't enjoy in-depth true crime, humor about true crime, and drinking, please don't continue. We want to be respectful of the victims in these crimes, but as for the criminals, we just don't give a shit. Welcome to Crimes and Cocktails, a podcast where we explore true crime while drinking a customized cocktail created by Tabitha and Katie. Hey guys, I'm Tabitha. And I'm Katie. Welcome back to this week's Crimes and Cocktails. Well, we said we wanted to do something from our hometown <laughs> and uh, <laughs> asking you shall receive. <laughs> yeah. So, some news kind of came out over the weekend, which was a crazy weekend, I'm not going to lie. I um, am recovering still from, if you guys have ever heard about Monterey Car Week, it's kind of insane. If you're really into cars, it's super cool because there's a lot of fancy, old, new, every kind of car you could think of. A lot of celebrities come out here, but... We're not a very big population in Monterey County, and we have a lot of tourists in town. And so this is like when we make our money, basically. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm exhausted. Like, ugh. But I'm waiting. I'm going to have my reward on Wednesday when payday comes. Shall have your reward. (laughs) Your eternal. (laughs) Whoa, whoa, whoa. (laughs) That's exactly what I was thinking. So over the weekend, some recent DNA that was uh, matched and everything led to the arrest of Seaside, California, which is a city inside Monterey County. Resident Michael Scott, not the Michael Scott, but Michael Scott Glazebrook. No relation to me either with the Scott. (laughs) (laughs) Michael Scott. Uh, For a 40-year-old cold case murder. Yeah. I I was actually looking to post something on our Instagram, like a news story, and this popped up. I'm like, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, so. no, you sent it to me. It's, yeah. Uh, so <laughs> it is like, what, nine o'clock right now? And what we've been doing <laughs> for the last literally three hours is just researching this case to yeah. record this tonight. We're normally, I don't know, we're not trying to be slackers, guys, we promise. <laughs> it's just been busy. It's been busy. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I have over, well over 100 hours on this two week pay period coming yeah. out. So I've just been overloaded with cars and everything motorsports related with my job and Katie pulled through and put together you know like we said that last episode mm-hmm. and this one we Katie's in town visiting yeah sorry let's record together real quick yeah and um we kind of went away from another case we were thinking about doing for tonight um when this news broke and we're like let's get on this now <laughs> while I mean, it's still fresh um so yeah. But we do want to clarify real quick that he is an alleged murderer. It's not, he's not an officially convicted murderer. So just in case his family comes and tries to sue us later. (laughs) Yes. This This, is our disclaimer. Yeah, this is an ongoing case. So, you know, details are going to change. Um, New stuff will come out. We don't know if he's guilty yet or not. That's not our 
you know, judgment to make, obviously. Um, we're just going to be presenting what um, we've seen from the newspaper articles, arrest records, um, a past trial that we'll talk about in, um, in 83, and um, just what we know now. So, yeah. yeah. Um, but first, yeah. we should grab some drinks. Yes, and we owe some shots. Oh yeah, yes, yes. that's right. <laughs> so, for a new patron. First, let's give a shout out to our new, our new. Wow, our new. <laughs> I swear, I've only had one drink tonight so far. <laughs> our new patron, Rachel. Welcome, 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 yes. welcome. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the drinking crew, Rachel. Uh, we have some goodies headed your way. We've got a t-shirt and some stuff, some swag on the way. And we hope that you're enjoying all the extra single shot episodes. Mm-hmm. This podcast show, like we said, we do this for fun. We enjoy it. And we love hearing feedback from all of you guys and the support. But we are completely supported by listeners like Rachel and like our other patrons. So thank you guys so incredibly much. And speaking of supported by you guys, we were just trying to get to the bottom of our weird echo that you guys may have come across on some of our episodes. (laughs) We think we may have figured out. So we're gonna try some new out some stuff out some new tech and everything but the money that you guys are contributing to us is going back to you guys whether it's getting us some new equipment so we can hopefully you know give you guys some awesome sound quality yeah, or, or the if it's t-shirts, stickers t-shirts, t-shirts yeah. you know i don't know if we're making a profit yet <laughs> and, and i'm so. okay i'm okay with <laughs> yeah. not making a profit it's fine i'm fine with like just not paying out of pocket yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's good with me so we're just really really thankful it always is just so exciting and encouraging every time that we see someone signs up as a patron we're just like oh my gosh especially when it's someone we don't know i mean i am very grateful for the names i recognize that pop up um and uh <laughs> yeah but when it's like yeah. my grandma my aunt my mom no, yeah but when i see somebody's name i don't recognize i'm like oh my it's god funny, somebody who doesn't have to like me likes me i know it, it's so <laughs> yes. true like you'll send me a text or i'll send you a text i'm like do you know this person and you're like no i don't know this person and i'm like oh my god someone we don't know actually likes us <laughs> we could be tough i don't know but thank you so much welcome yeah. to our team if you want to be a patron go to patreon.com or patreon.com slash crimes and cocktails or be sure to follow us on our instagram Instagram at Crimes and Cocktails, and yeah, yep. so we're gonna take a shot. I'm doing rum. Yep. So cheers. We're together. We get to cheers together. <laughs> As if we needed the podcast that to drink. <laughs> was for you, Rachel. <laughs> Thank you so much. Another shot's coming on later too. Yes. So yeah. Oh, so let's get our drink ready for tonight. It's going to be baseball themed since our alleged killer is a little league coach. So sad. Um, <laughs> Don't worry, he didn't kill a kid. So. No, no, it's yeah. not a child murder. Um, so this is going to be called the slow kick. <laughs> it's just a regular murder. <laughs> oh, don't worry, not child murder. It's just it's another murder. Don't worry about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so in a shaker, add one and a half ounces of rum, half an ounce of triple sec, half ounce of simple syrup. One and a half ounces of lemon juice, a few mint leaves, and a scoop of ice. Shake it, pour it into a highball glass, and top with two ounces of raspberry iced tea and a lemon wedge. And then you're ready to play ball. Play ball. Play ball. (laughs) So, anyway, um, delicious choice, Tabitha. And, um, 
Yeah. There was nothing muddled. <laughs> there was nothing muddled. Yeah. And, um, Except for this case. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, and as always, you'll find that recipe in a little um, wonderful artwork from Tabitha on our Instagram. <laughs> so. I do feel like I've been getting a little lazy with my art pieces lately. Because they've been kind of like, oh shit, I'm supposed to post that today. Uh, let me draw something real quick, but... We are working on, like I said, we keep promising every episode we've got some cool stuff coming out. We did get the keychains um, finally yeah. in the mail, um, so we'll be sending those out to our patrons too as a little extra thank you, along with some other cool stickers and stuff. So, yep. all right, so let's go ahead and dive on into this murder. So, just to give you a little background of where this takes place, for those of you who are not from Monterey County, um, Monterey County is a super diverse area. It's in the middle of California. Like I said, Katie and I are both from here. And it's, it's very, it's kind of a unique area because it's ag land with the peninsula, so there's just a lot of, um... I don't know. Like every every little part of it is a little bit different. Like we yeah, make jokes. Yeah, it's like pockets. Mm-hmm. We make <clears throat> jokes about like oh the the gangsters or you know the ag and farmland. You know when rodeo comes to town, and then we have our hippie nature people that are always you know I don't know so, trying to save something. Yeah. I mean, not that I don't support it. Don't Big get me song. wrong. But <laughs> <laughs> weren't you with me when there was those people? Yeah. What were they doing? They were protesting straws. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I mean, <laughs> and I was just like, you know, I'm I'm gonna hey, keep drinking with my straw. Here's the thing. So <laughs> Monterey, so Monterey County is actually really big on reuse. You know, recycle. We're, yeah. we're really like we're really top for a sustainable um, life. That's for sure. And I think that's something to be proud of. But I think what bothered me about these protesters is that they were protesting straws, which is dumb because Monterey County is a leader in paper straws. So yeah. go protest that somewhere else. But these girls were all wearing <laughs> brand new Target label stuff like stuff I've definitely seen at Target and it was like you know the kind of stuff that's supposed to look like it's really old but it's not old it's like ripped jeans or like an old Led Zeppelin shirt but it's like 100% Target yeah and I'm just thinking like all the clothes in the landfill but you're gonna die on this straw hill okay yeah yeah (laughs) yeah why don't you just I don't know so I was just kind of like um I think you're missing the point yeah but anyways yeah, we're we're a little bit all over the place, and where this particular crime happened is kind of the wealthy part of Monterey County. Not kind of, it is the wealthy it is, part. Yeah. It's the part that I can only dream of. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so Carmel is beautiful. Do not get me wrong; like it yeah. is gorgeous, like white sand beaches, like cypress trees everywhere. Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood lives there. <laughs> yes. He's not beautiful, but I mean, his I mean, sons are. But I think he can still get it. <laughs> I did serve him coffee one time. Um, I saw him at Whole Foods once and semi stalked him. You saw him at Whole Foods? Yeah. Oh, it was great. Oh, was it? It was the Whole Foods. The Whole Foods. He and I both worked at this little coffee shop in Carmel Valley, which is also kind of a weird part of Carmel. It's like really, really rich people, but really, really rich people are not what you expect. No. They're like rich people posing as hippies. And but they, they kind of are. But they kind of are, but then they're also super privileged. And like that one lady I'll never forget who like couldn't peel her own egg. And I was just like... Yeah. 
do. Yeah, it's there's so, and they would steal constantly. I would always catch them stealing yeah, stuff. That's the one thing rich people and I'm are just the like, <laughs> no wonder you're rich. Like I pay for my bananas, you don't. So. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> There's just Carmel is so weird. And yeah. during the last year, I mean, I so I had to work at Starbucks in the beginning of the year because you know. I was like many Americans without a job. And I would sometimes pick shifts up in the Carmel one. And mm-hmm. those were definitely the best tips I ever got because they would pay $6 for the latte and drop in a $5 bin. I was like, oh, hey, yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. um, <laughs> working 20 hours here to make my rent. Yeah. But uh, the people there would like refuse to wear a mask. And they always, I think three people got arrested on Carmel Beach for trying to go in the water when the beaches were on lockdown. <laughs> And it's just they live by a different set of rules. Than they have a lot of really weird rules, like you can't yeah. wear high heels on or the sidewalk or eat ice cream on yeah. Sundays or whatever. I don't know. Really weird, but also really beautiful and really big during Car Week, especially. And don't forget, extremely wealthy. <laughs> extremely wealthy. So this crime happens in a predominantly white neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, and the one thing about Carmel too is they don't really have addresses. They're no. called like Sunset House or yeah. Pebble House or whatever. Yeah, they'll have names. Yeah. Like, you know, you're in a rich area when the house has a name. But not to like totally diss on Carmel because. Carmel, oh, no, I love Carmel. Yeah, Carmel's I love going beautiful there. and you I should just, definitely go and check it out. I was just in Carmel yesterday. I bought my wedding earrings there. Okay, <laughs> so, yeah. there it's good for something. Yeah, and the Carmel Mission's really cool to go and check yeah. out. And if you like wine, go get some wine. You yes. know. But anyways, so that's where we're at. We're in Carmel. And if you go about 10 miles over, you got Salinas. <laughs> <laughs> and Seaside. Seaside is also, um, Seaside is a beautiful, uh, has a beautiful location. If you are looking for a house with the best view of the ocean, it's definitely going to be in Seaside. Mm-hmm. But Seaside uh, infrastructure is not the best looking. So yeah. they've not been well taken care of by their government leaders, I could say. Yeah. So it's kind of, um, it's more of a rougher crowd usually that lives in, in certain parts of Seaside, mm-hmm. um, especially compared to Carmel. So that, and they're neighboring cities. Yeah. <laughs> so that's where we are. It's interesting. <laughs> having this murder crime take place. So our victim, Sonia Carmen Herok or Herok Stone was born on May 27, 1951 in Montreal, Quebec, Canada to Antoni and Marie Stella <laughs> Teresa <Anthony>. Herok <laughs> Wanaoka. That's a really long two yeah. names there. But she had five siblings and then she moved to Carmel, California in the early 1970s where she later met and married Michael D. Stone in 1976 when she was 30 years old. They had one daughter together. Uh, They later divorced. I couldn't find any information on when they divorced exactly Mm -hmm. or to be honest, any information on Michael Stone himself. Yeah. Like there's a Michael Stone down in Southern California that's a doctor, but I couldn't find a picture of him or where he came from before. Yeah, so I don't know if it's the same one or not, but yep. Uh, So at the time of her death, she was living alone with her then four-year-old daughter in Carmel. Yep. So on October fifteenth, nineteen eighty-one, around noon, uh, Sonia's friend Caroline McBride came across her body. Uh, just inside the front door in the living room of her Carmel home. Which, I don't know why she was going there in the first place. And I also thought it was interesting that um, she was never a suspect. Yeah. 
Not that I'm saying that like your best friend should be a suspect, but I you better question us. me if you get murdered. I'm <laughs> no, but you I mean, <laughs> we. I mean, I would say at the beginning of a murder case, everybody should be a suspect, but um, especially this Michael Stone that we don't know anything about. Yeah, and um, you know, maybe they had a lunch appointment or something like that, and she came to pick her up. I yeah, have no idea. Anyway, she was right inside her door. Um, she was partially clothed, laying on the floor with a pair of nylons wrapped around her neck. Um, so she had been strangled with these nylons. Lying next to her was a purse spilled out with its contents thrown to the side of her on the floor. Her jacket and shirt were pulled back and ripped. There were signs in the home that there had been a struggle and that she may have been sexually assaulted. Uh, forensics on this are not conclusive. Forensic um, serologist Dr. Edward Blake and um, of Emeryville said that he had found no indication that she had been sexually assaulted. And Dr. Boyd Stevens, who's a coroner and chief medical examiner in San Francisco, said that she had been sexually assaulted. Yeah, so I, I don't know what that means. Like, Yeah, I was reading and it looked like... The doctor, Edward Blake, had said that there was no evidence of semen, but then the doctor Boyd said that she had bruising consistent with a sexual assault, and so that maybe it was a rape attempt that hadn't been successful. Mm. So, or he maybe he used something else. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. I'm sure, I mean, regardless of if she actually had something inserted inside yeah. her for JJ. She was definitely sexually assaulted. The fact that she's like half naked on yeah. the floor. So yeah, just that is a sexual assault. Yeah. I think what came down to with them arguing is technicalities yeah. and him saying like, oh, well, if there was actually no penetration, she wasn't sexually and this assaulted. this is 1981. Yeah. So this is like definitely before rape cultures even talked about or yeah. anything like that and where they're assuming rape is only the only way you could be sexually the only way assaulted you can be raped is this way yeah. and they always expect rape to happen from a random stranger in like a street alley or something yeah. like that so as we said before sonia was living with her four-year-old daughter who thankfully was at school when this crime occurred mm-hmm. uh, sonia was 30 years old and she worked for or no she wasn't 30 years old she was a little bit i think she was a little bit older than 30. no she was 30 oh, 51 was, and 81 you're right then i was wrong she wasn't 30 when she got married she was 26 i want to say or 27 so maybe Anyways, she was working for the famous jean company, which is, I think, the only jean company anyone really knows, is Levi Strauss, who's making a comeback now. Yep. They're at Target now. I just bought some. (laughs) I was right. You were wearing them earlier. (laughs) I joined the Gen Z crowd that was protesting straws. But... The, re- the real reason why I bought them is because I've actually been looking for real jeans. Not the kind that are like leggings. I was in high school. Yeah. It's like they, that's when they got rid of them and they went to jegging material and mm-hmm. stretchy stuff. And it's really that hard to find. That falls ass at the end of the day. Yeah. And it's hard to find <laughs> real jeans without spending $100 on them because mm-hmm. I'm poor. <laughs> I don't want to spend $100 on jeans. But I I finally found them and I, I bought them and I was very happy. So anyways, she was working for Levi's. <laughs> uh, it's kind of unclear to us why, but at the time, so almost immediately, Sonia's 25-year-old neighbor, he lived directly across the street from her, uh, Michael Scott Glazebrook, was the Monterey County Police Department's number one suspect. And I feel like from what I can tell in 
articles and stuff, he was the only suspect. And it looks like they began questioning him the day after the murder. So we don't really know why. And we're kind of assuming that there's some information that we're not privy to Mm -hmm. that on why they suspected him in the first place. But on July 22nd in 1982, one year after the murder, they finally arrested him. And around that time, he had been serving... Well, he served in the Navy in the 70s. And at the time of the murder, he was a photography student at Monterey Peninsula College. We both went there. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Lobos. Alma mater. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, he... Were they called the Lobos back then? Yeah, the Seawolves Lobos. Oh, they were back then, huh? Yeah. Uh, he lived in the area since at least high school because he graduated from Monterey High School in 1973. Can't so he's a local boy. Really find too much before then. We did stalk his Facebook because um, mm-hmm. <laughs> we're crazy. But and you know, he—if you don't want your Facebook stuck, put it on private because we'll find you. <laughs> we'll look. <laughs> so, yeah. No, true story. One time, I had a date with some guy on Bumble. <laughs> And I could not find... And I know, like, they say, you're not supposed to go, like, Google search him because then you have nothing to talk about. But I'm like, maybe we should Google search him so that there isn't something crazy about yeah. him that I should know. Uh, I Google everybody. Yeah. But I remember I could not find this one guy that I was going to go on a date with. And I told Katie... All I told Katie was his first and last name. And you literally... I'm not exaggerating, guys. It was... <laughs> It was like two minutes. She sent me his like Facebook, everything. And I was like, how the hell did you find this? Because I, I was trying and I knew where he, I knew what town he lived in. I knew what school he went to and I couldn't find him at all. It was incredible. If you guys need my services, reach out crimestockcocktails <laughs> at gmail.com. Um, I'm a historian and you know what historians do? They research. I could find anything. I could find anyone. So. It was insane. Yeah. I, I was just like, oh my God. But now I see all those memes about like me trying to find like my friend, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, yeah. oh, that that is Katie. You like, always send them to me. And I'm like, yep, I do. She finds I got them. You. So I don't know. I don't know why. I always find them. You're not safe. So, um, a key witness in the case, um, especially during the beginning of this case, was actually a friend of Michael's. Her name is Michelle Wilson. Um, She had had a conversation with Michael that led her to believe that he had been at Sonia's apartment the day of the murder. Um, Their conversation, along with a scratch on Michael's face, led the police to eventually arrest him that year later and then charge him with Sonia's murder. Um, However, during a preliminary hearing in November of 1982, Deputy District Attorney Robert Moody had to impeach Michelle as a key witness because she recanted her statement. She claimed that she had been confused by police questioning, and Michael had actually said his scratch was the result of a fight he had been in at Monterey Peninsula College the day after the murder. Um, Michelle at this time had to be reminded that she was under oath, and then when she was told this, she wanted to speak to her t- attorney before continuing, but then was dismissed as a witness. Um, Michael's parents, Walter and Jean, were also called to the stand during this hearing, um, but they said they hadn't noticed a scratch on Michael's face until the day after the murder. Um, but police insisted that the scratch was from a struggle while in Sonia's apartment. Um, and despite losing Michelle as a witness, Michael was arraigned for a court hearing. A court hearing. Yeah, and here's the thing is, like, all the articles I read, those are the only two things that I can find that they think yeah. it could be him. And then he had two outstanding, like, traffic tickets or something like mm-hmm. that. So that's, like, originally how they, like, arrested him. 
or something or pulled him over or whatever. But it's just like, I don't. They really had nothing to go on to arrest him. There has to be something that we don't know, right? Yeah. (laughs) Because from what we're hearing, I'm just like, like, trust in the police department on this. But uh, yeah, I'm just like, what is it? that they think that this guy mm-hmm. did this. So. And I know at police, I was reading, they said, like, oh, when we questioned him, he seemed nervous. I'm like, I'd be nervous if police were questioning mm-hmm. me about a murder. Like, that's just, that's a scary position to be put into. I honestly, like, I want to know the story behind the ex-husband because that's where I would go to first as a detective. That would have been my first guess, too. Was like, where's the ex-husband? Does he live in the area still? Could he have done this? Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And one blog, it was not like a newspaper article, but I was reading a blog, was saying, what if uh, the friend did it or someone else did it and they tried to make it look like she'd been sexually assaulted Yeah. to like cover up or something like that? And I was like, maybe. There's so many possibilities and we just don't have that information Mm to, you know kind of figure that out yeah the trial was the first trial was originally set to be (laughs) yes the first trial to begin in march of 1983 so this is now about two years after yeah but there seemed to be a problem rounding up witnesses Hmm, i wonder why yeah (laughs) Uh, many had moved out of state by then and the court had wait for had to wait for them to return to monterey county so during this waiting period, Michael's lawyer, John Siegel, requested the murder charges be dropped for lack of evidence. But Judge Maurice Jordan crazy old Maurice. <laughs> refused. Siegel then accused the judge of prejudice against Michael because Judge Jordan had been at the preliminary hearing and had already heard the details about the case. However, the courts allowed Jordan to still make the decision on the charges and the murder charge was still upheld. The case was delayed again by another judge who threw out the murder charges because he believed the arrest and the following evidence had been done so illegally, but charges were filed once again, only weeks later. Yeah, and so from here, court date of October 17th, which is almost exactly two years after the murder was set, um, and then shortly before <laughs> this trial could, um, you know, be held, Judge E.J. Leach threw out some more evidence that was being used against Michael. So apparently when Michael had been arrested on those two outstanding traffic warrants, um, they they arrested him for the traffic warrants, but then, of course, started questioning for the murders and had nothing to do with the traffic warrants. And um, it was homicide, homicide detectives who arrested him, not traffic cops. Um, and they also blocked Michael from posting a $165 bail on the warrants so that they could question him further about the murder, you know, which is a huge violation of his rights. Um, and uh, comments that Michael had made to the arresting officers on the car ride from Pacific Grove to Salinas um, for booking were also thrown out, as was clothing seized at, um, for evidence and blood samples taken from Michael at the time of his arrest. Um, officers had also failed to tell Michael's wife of the arrest and also didn't tell Michael of his rights for a phone call. Yeah, so they fucked up basically yeah. on like everything. Yep. So, I don't know, like, something tells me that they had something that led them to believe that it was him, unless he's the only able male body in the neighborhood. Carmel could be, and Carmel is also an older community, so maybe there's just, you know, older people living around, or just other single women living around, and so they don't think that 
there's anyone in this area that could have done it except for him either way and he was the easy one to point the finger out maybe yeah Yeah. so i mean but then they didn't go about it the right way like at all with anything yeah obviously as you can see right there they were not following the law when they were doing this so obviously it's gonna get (laughs) get thrown out no i don't know so there were many more delays but at last in november of 1983 a jury selection began and on november 17th 1983 the testimony began neighbors called giving and they all gave conflicting information which is usually pretty typical for witnesses but some claimed that michael's car wasn't there at the time of the murder which they think so her body was found at 12 o'clock and they think that the murder happened sometime early in the morning Mm -hmm. um i'm guessing if she dropped her daughter off at school at like eight or nine that this murder would probably take place between nine and 10 30 or something like that's what it sounds like so but some neighbors are saying that his car wasn't there and then some are saying that his car they did see his car there and it drove away like around such and such time so he didn't some say he didn't appear to be home and like i said some say that he drove away right after when the murder would have happened and one witness which is actually the mission was the mission ranch owner peter hammond said that michael had been with him at 10 45 in the morning of the murder which would have been about the time of death yeah. um so and then michael's parents said that he had been with him at 11 a.m in seaside the day of the murder and so there's already like two different conflicting things which doesn't look good no because then it looks like he is guilty and he's having people that are worried about him that are trying to cover for him so um and then there supposedly later that day he was with his baseball team a key piece of evidence being used by the prosecution was a scratch on Michael's face, but DNA from Michael was not found under Sonia's fingernails, and an expert doctor called and said the scratch on his face did not look like it was made from fingernails. Michael continued to insist the scratch was from the day after the murder, but a Carmel bar owner said Michael had been at her bar the night of the murder and had the scratch. I wonder if it was Barmel. <laughs> was Barmel there in the 70s? I'm sure or the it 80s? was. I'm sure it was. Yeah. Um, Michelle Wilson's original testimony was used in court, but jurors were told that she had later recanted. So, of course, they're going to think that's not solid yeah. testimony. Defense also pointed out the handwritten notes created by investigating officers had later been destroyed or gone missing after being typed up, but the judge told the jurors to disregard this information because it had not been done to cover up evidence. So just, they're getting tons of confusing yeah, so they're information. they're getting like, you know, yeah. go this way, go that way, go this way, go that way, and they're yeah. like, what the fuck is going on? Like, we don't even know. I want to note real quick something interesting. Um, Michelle Wilson said that Michael had told her he had got the scratch in a fight at MP- MPC, Monterey Peninsula College, but during questioning at trial, Michael said that he had got scratched from a piece of plexiglass while working on his boat. Um, so, you know, obviously there was some sort of lie going on there. Like, which one was it? Was it the fight? Was it the plexiglass or was it Sonia? Like, I don't know. And I mean, maybe she scratched him with her keys or something. Yeah, exactly. And so this, you know, this conflicting information with everything else that the jurors are being called, it's getting reported at trial. Um, to just keep that in mind. Yeah. So finally, in December of 1983, the charges were once again dropped. 
surprise, and, surprise. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what a surprise, surprise. It's a crazy charade of whatever. And Michael Scott Glazebrook. <laughs> you put Glazeman. Glazebrook. <laughs> I don't know those guys' names. Every name. time I see Glaze, it makes me want a Glaze donut. <laughs> Michael Scott glazed donut. <laughs> okay, I want a donut right now, real bad. I don't know, but uh, he was let go to a hung jury because the prosecution was unable to give enough evidence. Clearly, as you yeah. can, I'm sure if you're listening, you're probably confused on what the fuck's even going on. So yeah, it's so much back and forth. Um, so now let's move on to some current news. What you know inspired us to do this episode tonight? So last year, 2020, Monterey County Sheriff detectives and Deputy District Attorney. Thank you for giving me this one. Matt LaHero <laughs> began to re-examine Welcome. the Stone Cold Hello. case. Hello. <laughs> <So, laughs> they came across evidence that um, can now be DNA tested because of new technology. I also just kind of want to know why we didn't try DNA testing this sooner. I don't know. Maybe They probably just didn't, weren't able to. Forget about it. I um, don't know. You know, it's probably the nylons that were found. Um, you know, could not find any confirmation of this, but... We're just going to guess here. <laughs> anyway, um, the items were sent Another to the... deny or confirm. <laughs> exactly. Uh, the items were sent to the Department of Justice DNA lab for testing. Um, detectives also got a search warrant for a new sample of Glazebrook's DNA. Fortunately for them, Glazebrook never left the area and is um, now residing in the neighboring city of Seaside. Uh, he currently works for the Salinas School District as a bus driver and a little league coach. So, the, that's the cocktail. The Salinas Nationals, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, they were able to obtain a new DNA profile from him. Uh, early August, the sheriff's office confirmed that the two DNA profiles were a match. Dun, dun, dun. Yup. The science doesn't lie. Yep. On Saturday night, August 14th, 2021, in case you're listening to this in the future, the future, the future, Monterey County detectives conducted surveillance at Michael Scott Glazebrook's seaside home. Michael, who's now 65 years old, left his house at approximately 8 p.m., where police stopped him and took him into custody. He was booked into the Monterey County Jail, and his current bail is set at $1 million. Mm-hmm. There's no current trial date set at this time, so we're going to have to follow up on that one and see how this case unfolds. Yeah. Now, here's kind of the fun fact and something I thought was kind of a little bit badass and just mm-hmm. kind of like if they were going to make a movie about this, like, we're going to go get them, guys. Let's go, boys. <laughs> Let's get them, boys. <laughs> Let's get them, boys. They all, in honor of Sonia uh, Carmen, they all wore Levi jeans when they went to go arrest Glazebrook, the detectives did. so Yeah. So we'll we'll do a follow-up episode for sure when we find out more information. Just thought this was interesting that he had gone to trial and had been dismissed. You know, they had so little evidence and now all these years later, it might be him. Yeah, and I mean, this guy's like definitely guilty in all the residents' eyes at this point. Yeah. I was like scrolling through like the Salinas uh, Facebook group about crime and stuff like that and everyone was like, oh my gosh, that guy was my baseball, my kid's coach and stuff and I can't believe it. And I'm like, this guy... I feel bad for him. He uh, has, he's leaving behind here. Well, he's divorced and he has two kids and so. And grandchildren. And some grandkids Mm -hmm. and they all, you know, are heavily involved in sports and the community it looks like. So 
I feel really bad for them, and I hope they're doing okay right now. Yeah. Um, Definitely. Because whether he's guilt, uh, guilty or not, his family but doesn't also, deserve the crap. like, <laughs> what a creep. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you want to talk about I personally, mean, I'm pretty sure he did it, but, like... <laughs> yeah, it, I mean... The DNA. DNA. Like, if he apparently... So, the one thing he's claiming is that he doesn't even know this person. Yeah. Why would his DNA be there? Yeah. If he doesn't even know this woman, and then on a crime scene or something like that. So, I don't know. Yeah. And I hope that he hasn't hurt anybody else yeah, in the years. Because maybe this is more than a one-time thing. I mean, strangling with nylons is like, yeah, that's some serial killer shit. Yeah, and a rape attempt or a sexual assault, whatever that is, he's probably done that to other women. So I didn't do that at twenty-five, yeah. and now forty years later, mm-hmm. and he's this. Oh, Mr. Glazebrook. Mr. Glaze Donut. Coach Glazebrook. Yeah. <laughs> like, dude. Dude. Oh, Mr. Glaze Donut. Yeah. Damn, I also I thought it was funny so because good. on his Facebook, <laughs> he posted this picture of, like, some shoplifters, and in all caps, he was all thieves, and I was just like, murderer. <laughs> like, God. Dude. This guy's definitely... <laughs> yeah, he should delete his Facebook list now. I'm sure it's going to be deleted him. very soon. Um... I got screenshots though. So. <laughs> if anybody, in the, on the case. If, if any news reporters would like to buy them off of me once it's deleted, oh let me know. <laughs> no, I was telling Katie when I was going through the Selena thing, there was like one of the newscasters for Telemundo or something that was yeah. like commenting on every every person that was commenting on this like wow that's crazy or was this the same coach as this and he's like do you know this person can i do an interview with you and i was like he's this gonna how, get the bottom of the barrel the people news is trying to conduct interviews now yeah facebook, facebook. <laughs> it's gonna be that person who, i was his barista once <laughs> yeah <laughs> gosh oh my gosh and yeah interesting so um there's nothing going on over here, so this is going to be big news. <laughs> yeah. Trying to think what else. Well, no, I mean, I don't know what was bigger. When I went to the news when we were doing this, then I found out that there was a gun at the local high school today, so yeah, that's pretty big news. Yeah, nobody got shot, though, and people yeah. weren't. Thank the Lord. Yeah, no, thank God. <laughs> no one got shot. That school is like three blocks from my parents' house. Not that the kid's going to go running to my parents' house and shoot them, but... yeah. It's just scary. I have my cousin is a teacher at that school, and two of my cousins are students at that school. So that's I'm sure that that I need to check in on them actually. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that is no, scary. That's scary. Um, so yeah, that is late. Uh, interesting news. It's always kind of cool. So when cold cases are solved, and I remember I was watching this. Uh, I think it was like a forensic files to be honest because what else do I watch in my life <laughs> but they were oh, no 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 it was that coroner one I was telling you about oh yeah um, on Hulu what is it called <laughs> the coroner one yeah it's, it's the coroner <laughs> one there's a name of the TV show yeah. it's on Hulu it's pretty interesting um now I have to look it up I can't spell coroner witness coroner stories has the TV show coroner been cancelled I hope not. I just got introduced to it today. <laughs> I don't think that's what it's called. It's not called Corner. It's called something. Gosh dang it. 
Anyways, it'll come to Secrets me. Secrets of the Morgue. Oh, thank you. Secrets yes. of the Morgue. I was like, it'll come to me later. At like midnight. Secrets of the Morgue. <laughs> <laughs> Go watch this on Hulu. It's pretty interesting because they yeah. like have the coroner's perspective. But anyways, I was watching one of those and there was a cold case. Like someone thought he got away with murder, kind of like this guy probably. Mm-hmm. And it was many years later and they ended up, you know, the science and blah, blah, blah. But it was a suspect that the police had in mind the whole time. And the police officer said something where he's like, because the person questioned him, they're like, does this happen a lot with cold cases? Like, it's always the person you originally thought it was. And he's mm-hmm. like, it happens a lot. He's like, it happens a, like more than you think where we know who the killer is, but we can't prove that he's the killer. Yeah. Because we don't have the right. It's all like circumstantial or something mm-hmm. like that. And or like a just gut like, feeling. Yeah. Or, or like they have evidence, but it's not like evidence that's usable in court. You yeah. Know, so much evidence so gets thrown out. Like, you know, somebody... Um, misspeaks, or they obviously in this case they didn't obtain it in the correct way, um, and stuff gets thrown out, and you know the person unfortunately gets to roam free, and it's obviously a very imperfect yeah. justice system, um, and uh, but I we, think a lot of new advancements are going to help. Yeah, we're living that. in the age right now where yeah. I swear DNA is like mm-hmm. catching all these old guys right now. Yeah. Like I was reading that they have Zodiac. Data. They might be able to pull Zodiac. Well, because uh, from his stamps that he yeah. licked, right? Mm-hmm. It might be enough. <laughs> You're going to regret looking that gonna stamp. going to regret looking that stamp. Mr. Anderson, my neighbor. <laughs> oh my gosh i was listening to if you guys are interested in another podcast that you need to like spend your time on uh the clearing have you heard of Ooh, that no podcast? i haven't no so it's like an eight-part series and i kind mm-hmm. of love podcasts when they do this when they like the deep dive mm-hmm, yeah. when that's all it is like or every season's different or something like mm-hmm. that and they did it on the serial killer ed edwards and his case is pretty interesting and i actually first heard about his case i think on a a cold case file episode or something like that where there was a cold case in the midwest and you know they thought it was just one guy for a long time (laughs) and then it wasn't and blah 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 and then eventually like the the killer's daughter had like a suspicion yeah and she kind of like turned in some evidence that led to dna evidence that led to finding out this guy or whatever gosh but um what was i talking about (laughs) oh yeah so (laughs) zodiac killer but at edwards you know there was this one retired cop that kind of like went off the deep end and maybe we'll do like a series on ed edwards because it's it's a pretty interesting case because he almost got away with it he was a really old guy about to die when he got found out you know jody angelo yeah yeah like he Yeah, he got sentenced to death, and then he died of natural causes, like, shortly after that, so... No justice. Um, yeah, but he was, for a while, assumed to be the Zodiac Killer, and it's just, there's so many people that, that have been... Have been yeah. accused of that. And there's some weird correlations with him, too, in the Zodiac Killing, but then there's some things that don't make sense, yeah. so... I don't know, the Zodiac Killer is one of those ones where you think you know who it is, and everyone's like, yeah, it totally is this guy, and then something comes up, like, but that doesn't make sense, which is why I just want to know, I hope the stamp thing works out, because that's like, my, I, I'll die happy if I could find out who that is, and like, honestly, so the day that they announced it, every cop in San Francisco thinks that, what was that? <laughs> every cop in San Francisco probably I know, that too in the I 60s. bet. So, you know, just put me to sleep after we find out. I mean, the Zodiac Killer, not to go on a total derail here, but the Zodiac Killer is 
probably not entirely like i i feel like i feel like they're not alive anymore well that but i also kind of feel like one of those murders is not the zodiacs probably i'm sure they're a copycat yeah who wanted to take you know part of the fame and i or think something. that that might be one reason why it's but we, we should do a zodiac episode we should yeah we should. i also found out there's another zodiac killer that's in new york Mm-hmm. It's known. He's also known as a Zodiac Killer, but he's not the Zodiac Killer. Yeah. Super weird. Zodiac Killer and the Zodiac Killer. <laughs> yeah. Zodiac Killer 2.0. Uh, so, our sources for today. <laughs> for Clay's Donut, not the Zodiac Killer. I want donuts now. Uh, MyHeritage.com, The Californian, KSPW, Newsweek, and KION. Yeah. Those are our news sources. Thanks, Dan Green. <laughs> Thanks, Dan Green. Please, KSBW. Yeah. This is Dan Green signing off. <laughs> yes. So that's where we're at, guys, uh, for this week's episode. A little bit different than, you know, some of the big names I think we do. Yeah. Normally do. But, you know, change it up. I bet you've never heard of this guy. <laughs> yeah. So something new, something different, and something very new. <laughs> because we're still figuring out what's going on. Watch is totally innocent. <laughs> I know. We just did this entire episode. It's um, like his dad did it. Oh, God. Good. Hey, you never know. You never know. Walter. I'm looking at you, Walter Clay's Donut. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm sure he's long dead. So. Be sure to... Yeah. Oh, we owe another shot. Oh, yeah, yeah. We almost forget. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers to Rachel. Thanks, Rachel, for those two shots at 10 o'clock on a Monday. Honestly, good. <laughs> yes. All right. Good night, everybody. Yeah, good night, guys. And be sure to follow us on our Instagram at Crimes and Cocktails. Leave us five stars. Yes, leave us five stars on Apple Podcasts, and we will send you a sticker. We screenshot and send us at crimes.cocktails at Or I'll, I'll find whoever you're dating online for free for you if you give us five stars. <laughs> <laughs> Or whoever you want to date, we'll find all the information out for them. Yeah. So you can know all their favorite things and all their favorite places and where they sleep at night. I don't know. Whatever you want. Follow Katie at Grace and Stripes on Instagram and follow me at Tabula.Ray. And you guys have a wonderful Thursday night. Enjoy the weekend. And we'll see you guys on the flip side. Bye.